0: Guys, do you know what this episode is? This is episode 50 of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. I know you could be anywhere in the world right now. Well, you probably are anywhere in the world right now. I know you could be listening to anything else right now, but you are t- choosing to tune into this show. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I greatly Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, if you could do me a favor and go tell a friend about the show, I would appreciate that as well. Also, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review. All these things help the podcast. And, I, uh, man, I just cannot express my gratitude to you guys enough. You know, to be honest, it takes a lot of work and time to produce and and you know, record this show, and uh, I love doing it. I love doing it, and it, it brings me great joy to know that there are people out there enjoying these conversations. So thank you, guys. Now this episode is brought to you by Jumbo Superfoods. Have you guys heard of CBD? Are you aware of CBD? You may not be. I'm always surprised about the things that people do. Don't know because I have a terrible problem of assuming that everybody knows what I know. CBD, my friends, is cannabidol and it is one of many compounds found in the cannabis plant and it has been shown to have a ton of benefits, ranging from mood regulation, it can help people with extreme anxiety, also, people on the opposite end of the spectrum with depression. It's, been, it's a, an extreme anti inflammatory. It can help people uh, sleep it can help people with seizures there's a ton of different benefits I only named just a few you can get your CBD where I get my CBD from jombocbd.com jombo superfoods they make bar none the highest quality CBD products on the market now let me correct some but something here. It's not CBDs. I've heard that word been thrown around. CBDs. It's CBD. There's one compound, cannabidol, within the cannabis plant. And what it does it's an adaptogen. It helps bring the body to homeostasis. That's how it helps treat so many different things. Jumbo CBD or yeah, Go check out the website. They have muscle bombs, lip balms, geese for your coffee, sprays. They have a cinnamon spray, which is phenomenal. I put it in my coffee, put it in my kids' oatmeal. It's just the perfect way to add some extra flavor and to get some great benefits. You can save 10% at checkout with code IWILL, and, uh, and you can try some of these things. Again, they use nothing but high quality premium ingredients, usually organic. You will not be disappointed. Go check out my buddies over at JomboCBD.com and save 10% out checkout with code IWILL. All right, my guests plural today are the is the knuckle junkies crew. Who is that? It is Brett Auton, Matt Frazier. Uh, they have been on the scene for quite some time now. they, uh, they run a local or a regional, I guess local regional uh, MMA combat sports page website. They are at all the events, uh, write, you know writing articles. They're reporters, that's what they are. Um, I'm probably doing a terrible job of explaining what they do, but good friends of mine. Really happy to sit down with them and just talk MMA. I don't really talk a lot of MMA. Uh, I don't really follow the sport even anymore. I don't really watch sports, to be honest with you guys. I'm just so busy doing other things. I don't really have a lot of time for distraction where I can just sit down and just watch sports. Nor nor do I really find it that entertaining. But uh, it was definitely fun to sit down and just kind of talk fighting and, and learn more about their stories. You know somebody for so long but you don't always necessarily know their story and how everything kind of worked out and what got them where and and whatnot so it was a good time sitting down and talking with these guys i think you guys are going to enjoy this one as well so let's check it out i got the knuckle junkies crew again brett otten matt frazier matt Fraser, brett otten enjoy guys <music>
1: It's a nice little piece of equipment.
0: It is. The Zoom 6, my friend. It makes life so much easier. It's portable. It's rugged. I just wanted the easiest setup that I could have with good quality and still be able to travel. And this is what I came up with, the Zoom 6. And it has four inputs for mics, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, this adapter, um, I can either extend that to two additional mics or there's just different uh, adapters. You can put like mics and different things.
1: That's Hmm. a proprietary adapter, though.
0: Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I have the case over there. They have a couple uh, head things in there. But but that's not
1: like a universal adapter. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, definitely
0: proprietary. But I like it. It works out. And then you pair it with these headphones. I know. Yeah, the broadcast headsets.
2: Yeah, these are
1: sound good.
0: Yeah.
2: A lot better uh, equipment than the uh, KJ unfiltered (laughs) days.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you guys have been doing it for so long. (laughs) So, in case you didn't know, we already started. For the folks listening, I have Matt Frazier and Brett Otten. You guys each introduce yourself because we have two people, right? So right. you know whose voice is who.
2: Okay, I am uh, Brett Otten, uh, editor-in-chief of knucklejunkies.com.
0: And I'm Matt. <laughs> <sighs> can't, can't take this guy. Can't take this guy anywhere. Can't Low energy. Th- Matt Fraser, the man behind the scenes. You actually help with multiple podcasts, or you have in the past. You're like the technical guy. No.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I uh, I kind of learned on the job with KJ. It's kind of a fun... Yeah. That's part of this project mm-hmm. was just some weird ways to expand our, our skill sets and try new things. And yeah, um, yeah. a lot of crashes and fails, but you know, but yeah, I, uh, I just learned up some things and someone was like, Hey, I am have a question about this. So I just offer my services. Yeah. I'm pretty good at learning new technology, but I'm not very good at monetizing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. That's the, that's the million dollar question. How do you monetize this stuff? But, uh, so what are your backgrounds? I know Brett, you're a writer, right? You're right. Yeah. Pretty much. Or? Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, newspapers. You know, once I, once I got out of college and started working at uh, daily newspapers in Illinois, then moved over here, uh, to St. Louis area about 16 years ago, and uh, that's where I met Matt. We both worked at the, uh, you know, f- the suburban journals uh, was a popular newspaper, yeah. suburban weekly are, newspaper. Are they still around. Not really. Talk I mean, there's like, lineup. shit, you know, there's like a St. Charles one that's just a throw together kind of thing. And then yeah. same with Illinois. But at the time, they used to be numerous of them and uh, pretty thriving. Yeah. And so, no, I came over here to cover uh, high school sports in West County. And uh, Matt was there at the office, IT guy. You worked
0: in the, uh, wh- why, did, why were you in the office? I fixed their computers. Just IT? <laughs> I'm just an <laughs> IT guy. So what What? But what But drew you to, uh, did, I mean, so it was a newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. What drew you to the newspaper? Just a job?
1: I've always been kind of a graphic design nerd oh, okay. uh, in college, you know, putting funny photos on people's bodies and, you know, like doing memes before there were memes. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so I kind of taught myself Photoshop, always kind of. Um. And then when I was in college, I had all of my major credits done, but I had like, 20 more like electives that I had to get so I was like I'll just do graph design so I got a graph design minor uh-huh. and uh so yeah when I was there I was working in uh at this little small print place that did their own newsletter and I learned how to set up the presses and do all the registration and all oh, the okay so I had that on my resume and then when I moved to, I actually moved to St. Louis 2002 no job just had a friend up here that was living and uh, where are you from I'm from Eminence, Missouri, which is like a real small town. Is that south? Yeah, it's south of Salem. It's it's kind of a river town. Oh, okay. Not much going on during the winter, but in the summer it's booming with people canoeing and floating. Yeah, a lot of rafting. Hiking, yeah, rafting, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I moved to St. Louis, didn't have a job for... Several months in the post-dispatch called me out of the blue and like, hey, we're, we're looking for a help desk guy. So,
0: uh, so you're undergrad. So you got, you got the minor in graphic design. What was your major? Computer science. Computer science. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. Hmm. To, uh, I mean, you don't see too many. It's like, it's like the left and right brain, right? Right, yeah. I mean, it's the creative and the… Uh,
2: the technical, the analytical. The te- yeah,
0: that's the word. I'm so glad that you came <laughs> in with that save. <laughs> for the folks listening, it's late right now.
2: Late for Adam. I late I'm for
0: me. Is this normal for you guys?
2: Um, this is, you know, we're shutting things down, and you know, in about an hour or so, hour and a half or so, for ten thirty. You know, that's usually.
1: Yeah. My kids go to bed at like seven thirty. Yeah. And wife around eight thirty, and then just my time as long as I can stay awake. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> some nights it's a struggle.
0: Yeah, man. So
1: well, it's good to get that quiet time. Yeah. I usually get that in the mornings
0: by waking up early, mm-hmm. but staying up late's a good way to do it too.
2: Yeah, but yeah, Matt's always had, like said, a good, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's designed, uh, you know, not only tons of stuff that you've seen on Knuckle Junkies, but he's designed tons of fighters' shirts. Yeah. And so it's kind of neat, you know, like I said, he's, he's, all, he's, he's always had that slightly artist brain, and then also this mathematical, technical kind of side of the brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, you do a lot of the shirts for the gym.
1: Yeah, I've done pretty much all the shirts for the yeah, gym. Yeah, all the shirts last. for the gym. How long? Four or five years. Oh man, God. I did a lot of banners too. I did yeah. Zach's banners, tons of banners. banners yeah, you never hit me up for a banner, but I always <laughs> did them for oh. free. So <laughs> it <wasn't> oh, like <laughs> that's, in all fairness, I <laughs> only had one banner.
0: I think Jim Jenkins. Oh, right. Jan. Yeah, I think Jan, she did does. That yes. one.
1: She does a great job. I'm kind of a hack. I kind of steal other people's styles. Yeah. Like when we started Knuckle Junkies, there was five of us guys. Yeah, and
0: it's just you two now. Yeah, yeah. So they all bailed.
1: Chris was Chris is a fantastic graphic designer, and I've kind of kind of stole his style is a yeah. little bit and just kind of mod- you're learning That's yeah. all. we're all stealing there's yeah. nothing
0: there's nothing original That's right. what, we always want to have the original idea but what are the? I mean probably somebody else already had that idea yeah. it's just they didn't execute on it usually
2: John Lennon said it best you know all you need is love so there's nothing you can do that can't be done it's There's true. nothing you can see that can't be sung. Always comes back to the yeah. Beatles. <laughs> hey. Always back to the Beatles. Words of wisdom, man. That's right. That's right. All you need is love. <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah. So you guys had like five guys. So Chris was he the heavier set yeah. dude with the beard? I remember him because he came into the gym a yeah. little bit and then yeah, he
2: was like the graphic designer and he's like like really really good at graphic design. Okay. And he's the one that you know Matt's referring he's to. He's but, but of, he's
1: he's kind of a quiet guy, like a little bit of social anxiety. He kind of likes to stand behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, I remember you telling and me that. And if you're not Going to the shows, you're not getting that payback. That's what we do. We go to the shows. You have to. Yeah. You got to be in the, the community. I
0: I forget how long I've known people. I feel, I've i known you guys forever now. You just yeah. said that you've been doing shirts at the gym for five years. And I've known you guys before then. You're just knuckle junkies right. and just being in the scene because you
1: guys were there. First time I saw you fight was the end of 2011 down in DeSoto at Gateway Fight League. Oh, shit. You fought... Jake, Jake Bueller, Bueller. Yeah, shit,
0: out of Jake Butler. Yeah, you weren't very popular down there. Either. <laughs> no, I don't you <laughs> am a imagine. hometown
1: kid and you come in there and just like beat the brakes off of him.
0: Yeah, I don't imagine a lot of
1: black people are popular down there. <laughs> 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 no, but that was a crazy show, dude. Like they had some
0: killer shows. Yeah, like I'm I'm just joking about the racism shit. I actually grew up in that area. I'm from Potosi. But um well, I'm kind of, I'm half joking, right? <laughs> but uh, I just remember how poorly ran it was. One, everybody is fucking smoking inside. That's ridiculous. Why the fuck are people smoking whenever like there are people fighting? They did that at Golden Gloves one year too. Right. When they have them, they probably still do. I wouldn't met I mean, down at that Athletic Club down, do they still let them? At buy South Broadway. Them? Yeah. Do they still let them smoke in there? I don't know.
1: I haven't <sighs> been to a Golden
0: Gloves. Yeah. It's like the worst shit. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, people like. Performing
2: athletically,
0: and then you just have all these assholes just that, smoking away. It's the
2: culture of the combat sports, you know. Is it? I think. Is it just I mean, boxing? Just yeah, I mean boxing, and then also you know, uh, low level Midwest MMA. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna, you know. That's true. I mean, think think where you were fighting at that time, and that's true, man. I fought in it some shitholes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, man, but we didn't fight until I think 12:30. It was it was past oh my midnight.
1: God. There was they had some great shows. Um, Tom Baker fought uh, Tony Saunders. That was one of the that craziest. was the same card. Yeah, that that fight was just loaded with those like yeah insane fights. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did they put together some
0: good uh, some good cards? There's been a ton of just small uh, organizations promotions just come and go.
1: Yeah, that's really what's been the change for us in the last three to four years. When we first started, like I had I remember going to Fight Hard on a Friday night and going to South Broadway on a Saturday night back to back yeah and we would have four to five shows a month yeah and we would we would we would send out an email mm. among us and be like okay who's covering this show who's covering this show who's and we'd try to spread it up because there's be so many so yeah. many shows and that's we got amped out of trying to cover all the shows trying to like provide the coverage for every show so you could go
0: what happened here what happened here yeah. what happened here and that's yeah.
1: that's what we tried that was our, our goal in the beginning and yeah now it's just like one show a month
0: yeah, it's pretty much just Finney, right? Or
2: uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, Nemesis is starting to, you yeah, know,
0: Nemesis is doing some things yeah, right I mean, now. Yeah,
2: Fight Hard's coming back, you know. But you're just looking for shit. some some consistency. Yeah.
0: What do you guys think of Fight Hard? What I are think you it's point? fun. You like it? <laughs> it's a good show, as far yeah. as Woo. smoke and mirrors for yep. from from a from a fan's perspective. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, and I've always said that you know me, uh, you know Jim Jenkins. That used you know it used to drive Jim crazy, right? Yeah. And it just, I'd be like, man, you know, look at it from a fighter standpoint. Okay, I don't have to worry about selling tickets. Cool. Yeah. Right. Huge weight off my shoulder. Right. Um, okay, every, I'm not at a casino, so everybody in my family can yeah, come. Yeah, all ages, yeah. Cool. I walk out in front of this big crowd. I look like a freaking rock star. Yeah, my Facebook know. photos. Right, form. my face, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. A, Why would
0: It's a good production. I don't like how – I feel like they just cheapen the sport. Everything is good. Except when you start giving away tickets, then nobody yeah. values tickets. True. Right? So yep. I think that's a big reason why there's no more re- – like a lot of small promotions because who's going to spend $30 or $40 on a ticket mm-hmm. when I c- – Fight Hard is for free.
1: But then you get the free ones and then you get the $65 tickets. So you – But oftentimes they give those away. The $65 tickets? At Fight Hard? No, I'm talking about at Shamrock. You oh, got at Shamrock, yeah. So they almost are t- –
0: Shamrock's stiff, yeah, I know, but they're st- they've stuck around. I think they just refuse to cheapen their brand, mm-hmm. right? And that's why. And obviously, I mean, if you Jesse Finney's like the type of guy that um, if you're competing against him, he's going to make mm-hmm. sure he wins.
2: Yep, <laughs> and he, you know, he, and he's done something which is great. Is that uh, I don't think the majority of the people there at Shamrock, you know. They're just there to see the Shamrock Show, you know what I mean, and it's not based off the fighter no, at all. And that's where a lot of small promotions mess up, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, they're always banking on the fighters yeah. to bring in the crowd, mm-hmm.
1: and that's one thing Kenny always preached in the backstage. It's not about your record. I don't care what your record is. I could, you can't name Randy Couture's record right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's about putting on great fights, and he he didn't, you know, he made the same. He, he understood that it wasn't about who was in the cage. Yeah, it was just about the product. It's about the
0: the show, the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. f- they're great on timing. I think all their shows are about three hours. I know. I think the last show I fought on, I think it went maybe like three and a half, 3.45, But they're pretty consistent yeah. with their entire production. He's always
2: talk, talking about Shamrock, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's always. I've always. I've heard him say that. You know, if I. You know, ten thirty main event. You know, that's what. Yeah. That's the sweet, you know. That's where we're shooting for every time. And that's that's perfect, right? Yeah. Who who wants to be there till twelve fifteen? Yeah.
1: And we've been in, in long enough to know when you've got eighteen fights on the card, <laughs> usually. Oh, <laughs> why do people do that? It, the matchmaker is just throwing everything out there to try. Yeah, you know, he's
0: hope he's probably banking that uh, four or five of those are gonna. Fall off right. yeah. More than likely And
1: sometimes they do And sometimes they don't And you go to one thirty at night and Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Whenever they have that many I think the issue comes in Whenever they start Just uh, putting in Putting in intermissions Right, yeah. mm-hmm. so that way they can increase alcohol sales. Yeah, it's or all business. Whatever the case may be, it's like, come on,
1: man, I want to fight still. Yeah. <laughs> and your people are fatigued by that, everyone's that, tired after man. that second intermission. They're ready to go home, and it's yeah. just like we got three more fights, and now you got the good fights. Yeah, now,
2: the- now supposedly is when the good and yeah. the, and, the, and the crowds kind of fizzled out, and they've lost their energy. And, yeah, and
1: there's yeah. a real science to to putting certain fights on certain places. Yeah. You know, you want to win that crowd back right after the intermission, so you want, like, a banger. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, you want to kind of hide your more slower-paced fights in the middle of the card, you know? and Yeah. So there's a science to that. You know, I used to pick Jim Jenkins' brain and try to learn everything.
0: He's such a good matchmaker. Yeah, he was almost great. Almost to a fault because, I, and I've talked to him some about this, but Jim would match so well that he thought the matches would make the show. Yeah. you know what I mean he's mm-hmm. like oh, I'm putting on all these great fights everybody's matched really well surely people are gonna come see right. us." but that was never the case you know what I mean
1: I mean he had some big shows like uh, when he was rolling Heart St. Heart St. Charles was packed wall to wall yeah man and those were he was killing it for that's a while. great venue mm-hmm. too cause mm-hmm. it's yeah loud, and people are in there and they're not I mean they're rowdy but they're they're not like. They're not crazy. Yeah. I, I worked security for, not who for those anything. shows for okay. probably like
0: two or three years. Yeah. They got you and, and
1: Kyle doing security. I don't they just I do mostly that. just stood around and just hung out. It was yeah. so nice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you paid me 100 bucks to do this? Okay. <laughs> no, for like Fight Nerd, the Jim Jenkins shows were like the ones to go. Watch, because yeah. you would see these crazy matchups. Like he brought in Will Composano to fight Sampo. Yeah.
2: Yes, know. dude, that was a crazy yeah. show, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. Sampo was beating his ass.
2: Or the uh, Jake Collier and um, he brought in Kelly some he, Yeah, he brought in some good guys for Jake. On yeah. the, well, when Jake was on. What
0: about when he matched Stump with? Uh, they didn't fight, but... It, uh, uh oh, Luigi? Luigi yeah, 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 man. Like, I mean, that's yeah. still a big matchup. It's, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, uh-huh. but, I mean, he put it together. Yeah,
1: you always put, like, crazy fights together. Oh, you yeah. Know. Um, yeah, it was fun to watch but
0: yeah yeah did you guys start uncle junkies when um i mean they're still around but Cage champs when they're like really in their heyday and no, still kind of
1: our first show was faction that we went to our first faction. Was, um matt, <laughs> matt jordan, jordan. Yep. Yeah. yep so that was over at the uh moolah shrine the moolah shrine yeah that was an amateur show and then the next week we went to fight hard and that's when it kind of was like holy cow this is this is insane that was the show that had um justin lawrence uh fighting some dude mm-hmm. um Oh, that's when they did
0: the pros the very first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah Lance Benoit fought on that. This no, was like the third one. Oh, yeah. okay. This was
1: like after that, yeah. Okay. But
2: the Sharp uh David, David Sharp, Sharp and, and that guy was awesome. Uh that's what was that the other one uh, JW and uh Yep. And uh, yep. the Gator?
1: Yeah, Ray Grinstead. Oh. Um yeah, that was like that was a that was a that was, a, that was an insane show.
2: Hmm. But, yeah, we did some Cage I mean, like we saw, you know, we were there for Steve Berger's last uh, Hurrah, which that, that was at Cage Champs. I remember yeah. that night. And you know. I've
1: been to eight, every Cage Champs except for the last one. That was on my birthday. Uh-huh. Um, but every Cage Champs for, for the last eight years.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, damn, dude. Wow. So did you see me fight on Cage Champs, or do you remember?
1: No, I, that was right before I. Are you sure? Like yeah. The first one. No. Cool. I, well, maybe. Cause
0: my first pro fight was on Cage Champs.
1: Yeah, I watched that one. Uh, um, No, the first one I think I went to was in Washington, Missouri. When they they did a couple shows in Washington.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, they did some in Washington. That was always a good promotion. When was your pro debut? I think 2013. Alex White was on that one too, right? Yeah. Yeah, and Stump. I think you. Yeah, I think Stump was on that that as well. Okay.
1: Yeah, that wasn't one of Stump's best fights. He.
0: He out wrestled the guy. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, he's such a good wrestler. Jake
1: Collier fought that same guy like three shows or like three months later. Yeah, and Jake Beat the shit out of him. I Jake, remember. Jake punched the guy. The guy felt his cheek to make sure his face was still there. It was like, <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> this Dude, is gonna
0: be a long night. Jake hits so hard. He used to come into uh, Saint Charles MMA. And we'd be sparring on hard days, and he'd have, like, 12-ounce gloves. It's like, bro, come on now. You need some bigger
2: gloves yeah. <laughs> than these. You're hitting, You're hitting hard.
1: Karma got him, though, because I was over at Burgers one night when he was up there sparring, and Dave Sharp was up there. And he his gloves were so worn out, they were, there was no padding in them yeah, left. Yeah, was just all knuckle, basically. No, yeah, yeah, so he was, he was sparring uh, Collier, and Collier had a big fight. I forget who he was going to fight, but uh, he caught Collier pretty good. And yeah. there was some mm. – there was some – Real tension in the room from the coach. <laughs> it happens. Yeah,
0: that was. It definitely happens, man. Sometimes things just
2: get out of hand quick. Yeah. Sometimes they do. And so, Jake, Jake was one of my favorites to watch on the up and up, just watching him.
0: Yeah. I always knew with Jake, because um, I fought him early in my career, like I always knew it was a matter of when, not if, with him. You know what I mean? Like some guys you just know, it's like you will make it. It's just mm-hmm. as long as you stay the course, you definitely will. Yeah. He's just. I don't know, he's just that, that grimy fighter, man, and he pulls it out. Yeah,
2: something about – I don't like his frame, or I don't know. He's just yeah. unique. He's you a know. welder,
1: so he's picking up steel all
2: he's day super long. He's strong. Yeah. He's such a nice guy, too. I like, tra- yeah. I like
0: talking to Jake. Yeah, like oh, yeah. Jake. But uh, fuck, man, yeah, he's he's had some good fights. And
1: when you put Andrew Sanchez into, into like yeah. the mix with yeah. those two together, yeah.
0: Like, good stuff. I've heard some yeah. wild parts. T- How stories. long has – um. How long has Jake been in the UFC? He's still in the UFC, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, guys, do you guys know how long he's been in? Do you know his well, status? What's up with 2014, him? 2014. Yeah. 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 Damn, going on five years. Yeah. But, but he hasn't been super active, no, though, right? No, he long, just spaces. it kind of like Alex layoffs. White, you know? How do they let that happen?
2: Well, because they got you under contract, so they don't care, you know? I mean, if you don't you're mm-hmm. not you're – it's not like you're out – yeah fighting somebody else they go to
1: the coach and be like hey is he ready no he he needs more time jake's like way overweight right now he's yeah
0: he's huge he must be a heavyweight (laughs) yeah he's he's big and he lifts it's easy for him to put on size yeah Yeah. well he was
2: huge before he fought that's why that's how he got into fighting he was a big overweight guy yeah yeah man have you
1: trained at the pit at all
0: uh where's the pit it's Patrick's. In, it's garage. in Cuba. It's a, in it's Cuba. A, it's no. a room about the size of your living room here. <laughs> no, I haven't been yeah. there. I w- I was wondering because I went down to Rosebud and trained with oh, him. Okay, but that's not the pit. Yeah. I don't know where that is. I don't. It's know It's
1: just a room with no windows, and they have a hum- dehumidifier in there that they empty like two or three times. Yeah, you have during to. a practice because <laughs> it's just.
0: Hey, man, that's where it's at. That, that, it's like that dungeon training. Yeah, It's like the, the first uh, gym of St. Charles in MMA. Did you guys ever visit that place?
2: Never made it. That, that was the one by Lindenwood? Not the one on Fifth Street. No. Yeah, it's on yeah. Rand- no, it's on Randolph. Oh, Randolph. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's just a, a one-room place. I wouldn't imagine you guys ever saw the actual gym, but I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever seen the building. It's not very
1: big. My I think i drove by it. I've seen the sign up above it. there was yeah. this, The sign was up there for a long time.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah not very big. Good times in that place. Good times. <sighs>
1: Yep, I've seen the old uh, team photos from back in the day. Yeah,
0: yeah. I forget how long I've known. I've already said this, but being at the gym, you know when you're, like, you're a kid and you go through school, you have you know grade one, grade two. grade. Mm-hmm. So you have that marker. So you always have all these, like you mm-hmm. know when things happen. But now at the gym, it's just one big fucking blur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like people just show up. Right. People fade in, fade out, and some just never go away. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, dude, how long have I known you now? Like right. really? It's been like 10 years? It's crazy stuff. hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, you guys, you came up here after school for work. Mm-hmm. Um, you're from Illinois, right? right? You yep. came over here for work. You guys met at the uh, the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And then you guys hit off a of friendship. We were just then... talk, talking about sports yep. and, and yeah.
1: MMA. We both kind of got into MMA. And this was like when UFC on Fox was just about to happen. Oh. We thought, hey, let's ride this wave of popularity. <laughs> and uh, what we didn't realize was that actually UFC on Fox would kill the popularity of MMA. Yeah,
2: man, we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but we just uh, worked together, and uh, you know, I started getting into uh, Matt's well more versed in the history of MMA, and, and it was uh, in, into a lot longer than uh, before I started getting interested into it. I got interested in it through uh, covering wrestlers in high school, you mm. know, and uh, there, towards my last few years of the journal, really, really focused on, on covering a lot of wrestling instead of basketball, yeah. And then that just kind of se- segued into MMA. He used to have to beg his his editors, let me write a story on this MMA fighter.
1: Really? Like, yeah. It, like, he wrote one on Lance Minoy's, uh Justin Lawrence. Nobody wants to hear that shit, Brett. Uh, Tyron I mean, Woodley. They're yeah. like, they wrestled in high school locally. Losers, Losers yeah. <laughs> all <of them. laughs> And he would like, he would have to twist their arm. And then, okay, okay, football season's over. It's the summer. Maybe we can fit it in. Right. And oh, it's man. just like, yeah. that's how much... Love of MMA got.
0: Like yeah. How right. much frustrating, how, like how frustrating was that?
2: Um, sort of frustrating, but I, I mean like I got a lot, like a, uh, I wrote an article for Justin Lawrence and on um, Justin Lawrence and that's when he came back and uh, fought at Strike Force mm-hmm. here and uh, that was an article that, that uh, ran in the Suburban Journal that the Post Dispatch picked up, which back in that day that was like a—that's a big deal, big deal. And the uh, I did an article on Lance Benoist, and that won me a uh, Missouri Press Association award. Nice. Uh, the Tyron article, you know, got a bunch. So, you know, just with those three articles, I mean, it was like boom, you know, got a huge response out of it. So, and that's what kind of kickstarted. Uh and at that
0: point, you just established yourself as like the resident expert. Right,
2: pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially within the paper, you know, nobody else there gave a crap, you know, about it, and so and here here was this kind of you know niche sport that was uh, building some steam.
1: Also, they were they were in the middle of
2: uh, prep sports, so we
1: kind of took the model. They had like this system they had built where they would cover. They had all these stringers going to all these sports games.
2: Uh Yeah, just constant, constant prep sports. Mm -hmm. You know, seven days a week. So we
1: kind of took that and kind of like let's do that for MMA no, one's talk, mma no one's talking about local fighters right. and that's one thing that you guys are definitely the first yeah that's one thing that set us apart from anybody else because there's already mma junkie and sure dog and mma weekly and those guys do that better than anybody can do it yeah right. it's like why would we compete with that let's just focus on the local guys
2: yeah what can i control what can who can i yeah uh, you know what can i control who can i uh get in with you know i mean You know, like like you mentioned. I mean, you know, there there was from a national standpoint, there was already well established, saturated, right, right. But there's
0: a local opportunity, regional opportunity, right? right? Mm -hmm. And
1: and the idea was, you know, hey, let's build St. Louis, maybe go to Kansas City, yeah, just kind of span out that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you
0: guys still have a guy in Kansas City, right?
1: Yeah, we have Alex who writes. He goes to all the Shamrock shows up there. Yeah, we'd love to do more. Just manpowered you know it's like yeah yeah we're basically a volunteer army we we don't get really paid or anything right
0: how many so. people ask you how much money you're making on this <laughs> all the time all the time yeah hey
2: and I, I just kind of let it there for a while i just kind of let it go because a lot of people just thought it was my full like it was a full-time job yeah and so just like yeah sure
0: yeah people yeah. have a hard time wrapping their mind around the fact that like you can just do something because you enjoy it or like yeah. you can put all this work into something and Still produce this great end result, and it might not make you a lot of money. Like maybe I don't know if you guys are getting any sort of ad revenue off the website or not, but I mean, not anymore. No, we used to. We kind of yeah. yeah. even if you did, you weren't getting rich off of it. <laughs> no, it
1: a would, lot
2: of it we'd funnel right back in. Right, it's just t-shirts right to the and hats
1: that we gave out. Right. I mean, the, the plaques, plaques, the end of the year plaques, year I mean, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, those are so, so cool. thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> all the money away, but how frustrating would it be if if you put all this time volunteer, and you're giving back to the community. Yeah. And then people just criticize you for it.
0: Yeah, that would be <laughs> frustrating. But it's not all bad criticism. I mean, it's no, not all, but right? you know,
1: it's just kind of learn to let it slide off your yeah, back. Yeah, you have to.
0: I think, I. I you know, you, you hear people say, uh, they, they, oh, my haters, my haters, but... More often than not, they don't really have anybody no, hating on them. It's no. all in their head. But if you do get start actually getting some criticism, I mean, not everybody's going to align with what you think. So I mean, that just shows well, at least you're, you're getting reach.
1: Well, if you're smart, you can say, okay, maybe that's pretty valid. You know, maybe, we, maybe, yeah, we, maybe we're leaning this way too much. We need to pull it back to the middle. Yeah, and that's good. I think people that are smart will do that. But yeah, some people out there just. Like to hate, like you said.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, you wanted to assess and kind of see, like, is this
2: valid or not? Mm-hmm. And kind of,
0: can I actually take this and be productive and grow?
2: Yeah, step outside, look at it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. You just got to check that ego at the door.
2: Yeah,
1: th- <laughs> I mean, this is, like, it's people, well, we, we do get praise from, uh, you know, our supporters that have been long-time followers. And, you know, thank you for doing that, you know, or thank you for writing that. And we, we get a buzz from seeing people get excited about getting mentioned in an article and something like that, you know. Yeah. But that's basically all we you know that and going to the shows is what we get. Out yeah, of, out of that,
0: you guys get to go to some pretty cool shows though, right? Like when Heck the UFC yeah. came in town. Right. No. 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 You didn't get to, you no. didn't get a press pass for that. <laughs> no.
1: Seriously. No. <laughs> so that was the dream was to get established. <laughs> You're right. Get established in St. Louis. Yeah. And then when the UFC came to town, oh, no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. But no, we're <laughs> we're small fry. So
0: man, I'm pretty sure they gave press passes. They gave pre-
1: press passes. I was there. I got. I actually weaseled my way in. I went along with uh, Jason from ESPN. Okay, Jason uh, Fraser. And there were like podcasts and radio stations that never talk about MMA. Yeah, just but I mean.
2: But then where do they put the radio station, guys?
1: They put them in the back. But I right, they mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> they're like, we hey, weren't you guys like up top or something like that. Yeah.
1: <sighs> so it's like. So it, it was kind of a that it really that really tanked morale for a long time. <laughs> it,
0: I mean, how could it not? You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like this is you were positioning yourself so you could do that. I mean, you've established a legitimate brand. Like you guys are legitimate press. Mm-hmm. Why would you not get a press pass? Just makes sense to me. Right. They
1: considered us to be more like a blog type thing. Oh, really? That's yeah. bullshit. Because we're not attached to like anything. I mean, I mean, it's they're a business at the end of the day, you know, and and they're looking to get uh, get more people to their show and how can they help them. But, you know, that said, Belltors always treat us like VIPs. Beltor's are great, man.
0: They're great. Like, their whole staff is cool. Like, whenever I on the show, like, it was just all awesome. Everybody was great. Yeah, Yeah. it's a
1: professional – Dude, they do
0: everything way better. Like they actually you can tell that they care about the relationship with the fighters and just like the people that they mm-hmm. work with. The UFC is just like fuck you pay me. They're a machine <laughs> the UFC is <laughs> UFC is a machine.
1: They're they're emotionless. It's just I've been saying for years the next they're go show on under. and the next show on and the next show on and the next show. They I don't know if they, I I don't know. Know. they're They're just going through the motions. People I watched all everybody behind the scenes, everything like that. Yeah. Um, and then they're just going through the motions. They don't they just They'd probably hate MMA.
0: Yeah, and some of it, I wonder, is um, is it the fact that the Fertitas kind of treated it almost like a club and you know, they treated everybody so well, and then it just went to the complete opposite in yeah. I mean, there are a lot of bad business moves, don't get me wrong. but like once the Fertitas exited ex- yeah, exited, then it just became such a, a black-and- white business, if you will.
1: No. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that they're what do you think they're gone uh, very corporate.
0: Yeah, super corporate. Yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I don't. Know, I I don't know if it's like I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think about the about the, them going under. You know, I don't know. I don't know if they'll go under, but I, right. I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y- you see, I th- what, what what soured me on everything was the recent uh, Jones debacle. Yeah. And moving it from Vegas to uh to California. Some bullshit. And all that. Yeah. And I was just like I'm like, okay, I know you've always been in it for the money. But yeah. man, this is like the most blatant. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not even gonna play a poker face. Yeah.
0: Now and I've I've actually listened, um Ben Greenfield talked about this um on a recent podcast with Joe Rogan. So once you start taking steroids, even though he doesn't Say he doesn't take them for the rest of his life, he will always produce the long-term metabolite for that particular steroid, but he won't. It will, but it won't be consistent. So that's why he like passes sometimes and fails
2: sometimes. Doesn't that seem convenient? Huh? Doesn't that seem convenient for him? <laughs> it is super convenient. It's super. But there's science to this. You so know, in the, in this world of micro dosing, and yeah. uh, I've got uh, two brothers who are in the yeah. NFL who have access to the best.
0: Yeah. I yeah. I think that too. Right. I mean. He's definitely a cheater, right? I mean, both of his brothers got popped. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's probably been doing steroids for a really long time. But I think where the science comes in is, like, once you do those steroids and you stop them, you still keep those gains, like, long after you do it. So – Like on a cellular level, like you start producing like more nuclei, like in the cell, and that's always there. So think of like muscle memory, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a runner and they ran all their life and they stopped running, but then like five years later they pick it up and it's just like riding a bike again, right? It's that muscle memory. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing if you're taking steroids, right? Even though he's not still taking them, he's still having a benefit from them still to this day, right? Right? So that guy fucking. (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts on John
2: Jones, guys? Like I said, that th- this last this last little issue really kind of really soured me, you know. And I like I I went through and, uh you know, I just I stopped following like a lot of MMA media yeah. and everything because I'm just like you know I'm just sick of, of the I whole don't industry. want yeah yeah and I'm sick of it. In, you know I don't want it in my timeline anymore. Yeah, you know, I mean I got a couple now that yeah I'm I don't still follow much true, of MMA, but, it, but it's just like you know, like I said, it, it was it seems you know. They're like, okay, we're not even hiding anymore. You know, what I mean, it's like, okay, hey, I don't care that you've bought tickets to come to. Hey, yeah, they we're moved the entire show. Yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, why not just, just because
0: just of this guy cancel that cancel that fight or mm-hmm. do something? I don't know what you gotta do, but you don't move a whole card to a state where it's gonna cost all the fighters an extra thirty percent. Right. Yeah. They just don't care. Yeah, it's uh, it's so blatant. It's so blatant. And it all started with, uh, I mean, definitely, I would say, the getting rid of getting rid of sponsors, right. I mean, you try to right. make everybody super uniform and bland.
1: I'm so excited for the 30-for-30, 30 30, the, the rise and fall of the UFC. It's going to be good. <laughs> I hope
0: so, man. I've been saying for years they're going to, but who knows, man. They're just such a big monopoly.
2: Now, bring, bringing it back to Jake, though, uh, oh, Yeah. You talking about when, those, uh, when Reebok came in. You know, for a guy like Jake, that was like a sigh of relief. Yeah, because you don't have to get sponsors anymore, right? right? It's just and like, it was like nope. a pain in the ass for him to try and go ask, you know, Jerry's Garage and, and yeah. all these places for yeah. a couple hundred bucks when, yeah. hey, guess what, You're gonna get, here's $1,500. Yeah, cool. but if you're like Brendan Schaub and you're making right. six figures. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, people don't realize the popularity. I mean, you, we're all in, in the bubble, yeah. so we think MMA is like the coolest thing. Yeah. But to the outside guy – when you try to sell sponsors, you're like MMA. What's that? You know? Yeah, they don't know. Is that like UFC? You know? Yeah, they, they think it they've is. They've heard of you. Yeah. Yeah. I was at. Um, I don't even remember ammo. They did a show at at Shafitz. No. It was a, what um, is a uh a,
2: Mercatani's. Dave Mercatani had he a put on one, charity a one show. Off. Yeah. Oh, it was just one show. Oh. Yeah. how long ago Chris Hadley
1: fought Dakota Cochran. That was mm-hmm. the main event for that show. Uh, how long
0: ago was this? Uh, two thousand
1: and fifteen. Anyway, the Cardinals were in the were in the playoffs, I think, or anyway, I was at Helen Fitzgerald's Randy Couture was doing a meet and greet there. Okay. And I was probably one of six MMA fans in the bar. And um, they're
2: <laughs> one of the greatest. Yeah, of all time. They were gonna <laughs> Captain America's in. Nobody gives a, gives a They were going the
1: <laughs> He got up and and was gonna give a little, uh, hey, come check out the show. You know, I'm Randy Couture type thing, and they were like, get out of the out of the way, Grandpa. We're trying to watch the game. You know, he got no love. <laughs> That's so crazy, man. Yeah. People
0: are just people, though. Isn't that weird? It's like. Uh, you can meet somebody and they don't mean anything to you, but mm-hmm. another person they can just mm-hmm. meet oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. Like whenever I met Sammy Henson for the first time, like I didn't know who he was, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. And then uh, people told me, oh man, he he did this, this, and this. And I'm, oh, that's some cool shit. Oh yeah. Like it's still he's still just a guy to me. Like he's not on this pedestal that he is for some other people. Yeah. But it's just so weird how that right. is. You know what I mean? Um, have you guys met any fighters that you're kind of like a little taken back by?
2: Well, when we first launched, I mean, it was like. Within w- – whenever T-Wood opened up uh, ATT Evolution, okay, yeah. and he, he and he brought in Randy. Yeah. You know, and, like, Randy was one of my guys. And, I mean, like I so said, here we were, like, just, just months into, yeah, right launch, into it. And I was just like, here we go. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> like, this is what I'm in it yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and I remember being pretty nervous about that, you know, because we kind of – uh <laughs> we were we were still trying to figure everything out. Like I said, I'd said, i never done any like on camera interviews ever. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, now, now I am, and now he's he never worked a camera before, and now he's got a camera. And so we we're just like oh, bum rushing Randy, and yeah. and then the guy's like, okay, he'll you know he'll give you five minutes or, or whatever. Okay, here we go. You know, <laughs> what am I gonna say? Yeah, exactly. And, and
1: since then I've met Randy several times now, and he's yeah. like he's come to Sarah's uh, wrestling. He's in St. Louis all the time. Yeah, he's a super down earth guy. He's just a normal dude that. Mm-hmm. You know, he sort of like is expected to be someone else. You yeah. know, a certain time. So he he tries to do that, but he's pretty yeah. down to earth. He, dude, he's just a dude. He's been yeah. hitting the head a lot. Yeah, yeah. got some
0: cauliflower here,
1: <laughs> and he loves the ladies.
0: <laughs> I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard. He's, he's had...
1: always got arm candy whenever I see
0: him. Yeah, I hear he gets a little wild at the bar. Yeah. No. No stories. He's got a
2: type too. You know, it always seems to be a, a blonde, blonde bodacious blonde. Yeah. 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 I mean you can get
0: away with it I guess. That probably ha- that has had to have gotten him into some trouble.
2: Oh heck yeah. Well he's
1: well he was when he was in the middle of of extreme couture when that was like the biggest gym it was like one of the biggest training facilities mm-hmm. you could go him to. Him and his wife had a pretty public split. Uh, Kim right. Couture, she was she was actually Oh fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was a looker.
0: You know, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Live by the sword, die by the sword.
0: <laughs> Dude, whenever when you're at that level, you know, you got a
2: lot of opportunity. Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. When you're Captain America, <laughs> Yeah, man. Something I've always wanted to ask, uh, you know, from a fighter standpoint, when Knuckle Junkies was coming up and all that, what was what was kind of the thoughts? 100? I thought it was super
0: cool that you guys were coming around. I mean, there was nothing else like that. Yeah. Um, from my perspective um, – you always, I don't know. You always just kind of focus on yourself and what you have to do. But when you guys were there after the shows, it was always cool. And then you put out articles. Like yeah. it kind of made you feel like something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It was. It was pretty cool. Like anytime you wrote something and like you're mentioned in it, i was like, fuck yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> we
1: obviously both have spent some time on the mats at St. Charles MMA, yeah. and we've always been accused of being St. Charles MMA guys. A little biased, yeah. Huh? You know, except when we're at St. Charles. Everyone says, we're Finney's boys. Yeah, you right. know, <laughs> we just we do everything <laughs> Finney wants us to do. And <laughs> you it's guys so, go to all the yep. shows. <laughs> so it's like, how do you be you A, how right. do you be oh, A yeah. and B, you know? Right. So we are, we've we gone probably overboard sometimes trying to be neutral.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: And, you know, he, he always focuses on what's the best fight, what's
2: the... What's the biggest, yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like you guys have always been pretty, like, uh, neutral in your stances.
2: I think so. I mean, I think... We've, we've always let the story kind of define. So I mean, if the, yeah, if if you are in a main event or if you are, like Julius fighting for an LFA title coming up, you know, yeah, you're going to store. You know what I mean? Right.
1: And, you know, us being people, sometimes you take the easy route. You know, hey, I'm at the gym doing jitsu class. Hey, there's Charles Johnson walking right. by. I can just grab him and I'd be done. Yeah, I got my homework training homework done. Yeah, like, yeah. So
0: yeah. sometimes. You That's got to be convenient, right, the access to fighters? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you guys choose St. Charles MMA? Is it kind of proximity? Obviously, we're the best gym, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Definitely proximity and Roger. I mean, you know, that that show that I talked about at the Scott Trade that uh, Lawrence fought on, right? And um, I've been to the Scott Trade a bunch on press credentials uh, covering uh, big basketball games and showcases and stuff they have there. And so, um, but, but I'd never met Finney. You know, I talked to him on the phone for the uh, Lawrence article. So, so I, I opened up the door, you know, coming in downstairs to – and li- literally the first person I ever meet is Mike Rogers. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking for Jesse Finney. And, he, you know, he kind of points me, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Big old Mike. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, you know, I just got talking to him because after after that, you know, I followed up with, you know, I talked with – you know, got to know Mike with uh, talking to news stories on Lance and Rice House and yeah. stuff like that. And the gym was literally – At that point in time, half mile from my house. Okay. Still is, but, Mm. and uh, I remember I remember seeing the schedule and seeing MMA on Sundays at what time? Four thirty. Four thirty. You know, and me at that time, I'm like, oh, yeah, like the countdown shows. And, you know, I bet they're in there, like, swinging and hitting tires with a hammer and stuff like that. And so I'm like, hey, Mike, uh, you know, you, you said I could come. I'm thinking about coming by that 430 MMA class. <laughs> so just like, just No, no, no. The, the jujitsu, you see the jiu- That's where, that's where <laughs> you, you come should. watch? <laughs> yeah, this is where you should go first. Yeah. So you thought you were going to come join in that class first? Uh, yeah, it was MMA, and to me, I was like, okay, MMA, that's that stuff on countdown, so we'll be hitting tire, you know. <laughs> yeah, let be working out real <laughs> right, hard. Yeah, you know, and doing <laughs> some stuff, and, you know, cool. He's well, like, no. Nah. I was at
1: a show, funny Mike story, I was at a show uh, about six months ago, and this fighter, he's such a meathead. Like, mm-hmm. young guy, young kid, you know, just super... Hyper, you know, yeah. just won his second pro fight, and he introduces himself to Mike. He's like, "What's your name?" And he d- he doesn't know who Mike is, and so it kind of illustrates the what, like have yeah. <laughs> what have you done for me, what you done for me lately type uh, of the sport, but also you know, yeah, that's true. Mike's kind of behind the scenes guy, and yeah, it, he's not as you don't
0: see him as much as he used to. Mm-hmm. But
1: if there's a Mount Rushmore for MMA, and you know, it'd be. Mike and T Wood and Jesse, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, probably Steve Berger. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. People don't know, man. Mike has just done so much. That I'm gonna have him on the podcast. Yeah. He said he would do. This is episode fifty. He said he would do episode fifty, but he was just just picking like a number that was like ten or twelve
1: off. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's gonna be quick, bro. You should uh, do uh, do one with Mike, obviously. Oh yeah. But try to get one with him and Steve. Him and Steve at the g- same time. That would might be, be interesting. Yeah. That would be those two. They they used to get in fight in hotel rooms. like when, yeah, when, when heard some <laughs> stories. <laughs> it's just
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> Wild times. Yeah. Wild times.
1: So. Um, but, yeah, let me just. Oh, yeah, when keep we, going. When we started, like it was said, show, five shows a, a month, you know, four shows a month. Uh-huh. There was eight gyms in the area that had were putting out fighters, putting shows on. There was, like, Mike Green had the South South County nurse. Yep, Mike Green. Southside. Uh, Fight Club. Yep. yep. You had Burger. had some gr- some guys. Yep. MCS. MCS,
0: us, uh, Andres. You had CMMA. Mm-hmm. CMMA had CMA guys. was still around. He still had the Hit Squad. They were still there, too.
1: And, of course, you had St. Charles and Finney's. Uh, Kyle Watson had some guys coming through. Hit Squad had guys. I mean, there was gems. Yeah everywhere well, just look yeah. at the
2: pro promotions i mean rumble time was doing pro shows fight hard was doing pro shows yeah shamrock doing pro shows jim yeah. would mix in a pro show here you know yeah yeah man
0: it was definitely kind of there's a a, a stretch there was kind of the heyday for the yeah. area so
1: 2011 to about 2013 2014 is when kind of hit the brakes, you know? Yeah. I mean, you probably could almost say like the death of Steve Smith was like, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of like. Yeah. Well, he was kind of probably, I mean, not kind of, he definitely was
0: probably the the second biggest promotion in the area. Yeah. right? Yeah, time, oh, yeah. Right after Finney. Yeah. Right. Shamrock.
1: I mean, he had deals with Showtime. They were doing boxing matches and all kinds of stuff. that.
2: Yeah. And people like to, uh, you know, People like to talk shit on Jesse, you know, obviously. They do, they like I've had good experiences yeah, though. Well they'll be like, uh, you know, oh Jesse Finney's killed Saint Louis MMA. It's like it wasn't Jesse had nothing to do with okay, at Rumble time there was nobody in place to yeah. take over after Steve. You know, That's Steve, why Steve's Steve's passing was sudden and unexpected, yeah. right? But who who was like the vice, who was there to pick up where things left off? Right. Gone, nothing. you know, Kenny and, and Fight Hard shit the bed there for a year and a half or whatever wasn't around for months. Yeah. I had nothing. You know what I mean? I think they killed them, man. Right. I'm telling you, I think.
0: I think
1: it was a lot of people agree hard. with you. I mean, yeah. the free tickets, the area. like you said, doesn't value. There's no value. I've seen people leave shows midway through. They don't have anything invested, so why not? Right. You know, I
0: gotta, it's not important. Yeah, you know what I mean. You have nothing but in it.
1: It's those are fun shows. <laughs> they I've are. never dude. thought They're about super it. Yeah. Nice
0: shows. There's. Su- it's just I- I've heard people say this. Yeah. Um. Why would I go there when I got when Fight Hard does yeah. free shows? Right. right? Or. But when there it, for
2: a while when Fight Hard wasn't doing shows, I was just like, well, then.
0: Well, yeah, but they've already cheapened the value. Yeah.
2: And then, like, whenever
0: uh, you would tell people about a show, they would automatically assume it's Fight Hard because that's what everybody yeah. heard about. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they definitely had um, a demographic. Yeah. That they sort of, like that St. Charles County corridor was yeah. kind of their...
2: Well, yeah, and kind of like Shamrock in that they've got an audience. Right. You know, it you know, doesn't really, you know, especially yeah. especially the family. You now, we'll see how things transfer over to the Shafits. But you know that he he kind of had that he had a family arena kind of crowd who you know like I said they weren't they weren't they don't care who's there they're loading up the van and bringing the kids right and we're gonna go watch right that was a good business other.
0: model right because they charge for parking mm-hmm. yeah like twenty bucks a car or something like that at
1: Shamrock shows you have people in like cocktail clothes you know they're going for a party and then at Fight Hard, you had people in like tap out shirts and, yeah. you know, and with their kids and right. you know, fanny packs and everything like that. You know, that yeah. was kind of different. Crowd. And then Rumble Time was kind of uh, in the middle of that, yeah. you know. So. Yeah. And Jim, you know. Jim, <laughs> Jim's, Jim drew in like the people that were in the know that. Wanted to see. Oh crap! These two guys are fighting. I, I can't miss that fight.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jim was really cool too because you could, um, as a as a young fighter, he would match you fairly, and you could really kind of build your skill in your career. He would go um, on like in transition. Th- yeah,
1: the MMA rankings and say, okay, Adams, the number 185th welterweight, yeah. in in the US, yeah, I'm gonna go find the number 170th. Right. And we're going to climb that ladder cuz I've seen him do that for guys. He would go yeah. and find these rankings and like, "Okay, this is going to be a good five us. He can beat that guy." And he's going to be, you know, so he would he was Yeah. He was all about moving those guys ahead. Yeah,
0: he was very strategic with the way he did it. It was super nice. And
2: I mean, you could look at I mean, I don't, you know, we'd have to look at the uh how many times. You know, guys like Alex and and Jake fought for, you know. He's had Jim, a lot of help, you Jim, know. Jim.
0: So, Alex White fought on Jim's card. EJ Brooks, I'm pretty sure Lance Pennois fought on there. Josh Sampo, I think Sanchez probably fought on there. Like,
1: a, he gave a lot of people fights. Stump, who mm-hmm. you mentioned Lance, there's a fight that I missed. It was right before we started that I'm just. It was Eric Irvin, 18 and 0 as a amateur, the cage champ, middleweight champ. Oh, yeah, they're last. And Lance Pennois, 19 and 0. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're eighteen o, nineteen o, like welterweight champion. Like right b- be- oh wow! Yeah, right before they go pro. Yeah, they're gonna meet at cage champs, and it was just like, I mean, yeah, you probably That'd couldn't find true. two better amateurs in the Midwest. Yeah, you know? yeah, dude, cage
0: champs did that quite a few times. I fought on a card with Lance, and um, he fought quarter stit. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's it, dude. That whole place was just crazy <laughs> packed and crowded. <laughs> have and you that ever was s- huge fight.
1: Ever seen Lance's like highlight video of like his first? five amateur fights through, no. or for, for first five pro fights are just like no it's like a it's like a like a crime scene really?
0: <laughs> when lance was an amateur i don't i think it was a case champ show and you maybe you've heard the story but he um he sh- he he got to the fight they already weighed in the day before they're they're back there warming up he's hitting pads just fucking just smacking pads, whack 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 the dude he's supposed to fight sees lance hitting pads and leaves the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't want to fight that guy. He just left. Lance was a killer, man.
2: Well, what made him unique or special? Or?
0: So Lance, man, I think it's just his mind. I mean, he's ve- he had great physical uh, talents. I mean, he's, his hips were his – yeah, he had very flexible hips. I mean, it was very easy for him to kick your head. But uh, <laughs> he just uh, – just his mind, man. Yeah. He was just a fucking killer. He's mean. Like, He's super mean, and he just wanted to hurt people. Yeah. He was still young and full of piss of vinegar. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he didn't go pro until he was 21. I don't think Mike would let him go pro until he was 21. And, uh, I mean, shortly after he was pro, he went to the
1: UFC. He, right. that's that was You were unheard of to get signed that you're five and 0 or six and 0. Yeah. you are 5-0 or 6-0. and I mean, you had to have. like a, He
0: was just that fucking yeah. dude.
1: I remember one time at the old gym,
0: I went in there. It was me, Lance Benoit, and Tyron Woodley, just us three in there sparring. <laughs>
1: I got my ass beat. (laughs) 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 To kind of tag on that uh, story you told about Lance hitting the pads, um, Chris and Scott, two of our Knuckle Junkies guys back in the day, they were over in Belleville. Back in Belleville had shows at the Fisher Ballroom. Battle of the Ballroom. I've never been there, no. Yeah. and Sanchez was over there. That's kind of where he cut his teeth. Okay. he is
0: at McKendree and kind of – Yeah, that's where he lived. You know, yeah.
1: They would just find bums for him to fight. And we had seen him fight a couple times, and we knew what we had with Sanchez. Like he was blue-chip prospect. He's – Oh, yeah. And anyway – National champion. Chris and Scott are in the back locker room, uh, you know, talking to Sanchez, you know, trying to get some quotes from him, you know. And then his part, his guy, he was fighting, saw that. Put his gear in the bag, hit, left. hit the road, and that's when we got banned from the from the locker rooms over at Edel. At uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys ruined the whole yeah, yeah. The fight card. Yeah, oh, screw that. That's so funny. They man. had some, they had some questionable matchmaking. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, how much you wear right now? This is at the show. Oh, this is good not, enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you look like you're 150. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had some <laughs> questionable matchmaking over there.
0: That happens a lot, man. I um I went to college with this guy, man. What's his name? Jason Moreno was his name. He wrestled at Lindenwood, and um, this is back before I started fighting. Like Josh Sample was just getting into fighting. I think he kind of they were doing some MMA fights, and uh, there was a fight that fell through, and they just went to the crowd and just, who wants to fight? So Moreno, who's I mean a uh, uh, high level wrestler, wrestled at Lindenwood, fucking puts down his beer and like, <laughs> <laughs> goes in there and fucking No fight. blood work, no no nope. <laughs> takes the guy. In. You didn't have to have blood work as an amateur, right? For the longest yeah. time. He uh just took him down, hammer fisted him apparently, and won the fight. But it's like what? We're we're pulling people out the crowd? <laughs> right. You know? yeah. Like
2: seriously? I yeah. wonder how many
0: times that's happened.
2: I Probably mean, yeah. Probably yeah, tons. You know. Well, I Should mean try to uh hard, hard to uh Vows for the legit legitimacy of the sport, you know, when you're like, uh, Yeah. Hey anybody wanna well, <laughs> well, happened a lot back in the day. I, I
1: don't wanna I don't wanna get anybody in trouble, but um Patrick's my buddy, Patrick Smith at K champs. Yeah. And about a year and a half ago they pulled a kid out in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. It was K one. I think so I heard about that. Yeah. It was K one. He fought uh one of our guys. Oh uh, did he Clayton. 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 Yeah. Oh, and knocked Clayton out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They called it. It's so so he's having a beer in the parking lot. So they were like, "Oh, this guy thought he's the natural." So he comes back like the next show and just get gets hammered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little <laughs> did he know, like he fought a guy who was like strung out on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> not in a good place in, not his in life. Not a good place. Yeah, yeah, it was. uh But yeah, so it happened. Still, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> long story short, yeah, man. But that was that was kickboxing. That's a little bit different, you it's know. Little, I mean, it's still combat sports, yeah. but
0: yeah, still a little bit. I mean. I don't know. Either way, probably still not the best look. Still not the best look. So you guys had five people starting out, right? You yeah. had uh, we mentioned
1: three or four of them. What happened to Debo? What happened to that guy? So he wasn't one of the original ones. He's oh, the he guy wasn't? he is He came guy, in later. He yeah. came in through the fireheart. He was a buddy. He's buddies with Kenny. Oh. Mm-hmm. and And uh, yeah, he he was just like hey, I'll help you guys out. And yeah. we were like, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay we're you know, like, and we can't get... pay you. And he's like, okay. That's fine. <laughs> and I, yeah. so he, I, I
2: didn't care much for being in front of the camera anyway, and that's what he was all about. He was all about it. Yeah. yeah. He so. was like
1: into building his brand. And he's a great guy, and yeah. people – flock to him I've had I've so been at shows and people push me out of the way to talk to him about <laughs> knuckle junkies really? and I'm like okay <laughs> I don't care though <laughs> whatever I mean you're the man behind the scenes right. so.
0: yeah well he's just such a big presence right he's yeah. a big yeah. what is he like 6'5 or something every dude. bit yeah. yeah he's a big dude mm-hmm. it
1: made it difficult when he would interview like Johnny O... Danny... Dan O'Connor. Well, because Dan's <laughs> at his dick. Yeah. <laughs> there was a li- So, me being the cameraman, I have to, like, <laughs> figure out how do I get this angle yeah. so that Debo doesn't look like... Yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, he's, like, 10 feet tall and, and fucking Johnny yeah. Irish is, like, three.
1: But, I mean, Johnny Irish gave us some of the best backstage interviews, some of the <laughs> best... Uh, oh, yeah. Like, he's one of the most colorful yeah. guys. He... Community needs somebody like that. Yeah. To be, to bring some—he's
0: entertaining. So bring mm-hmm. some
1: entertainment, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's super entertaining. He had—he now speaking of banners, he had some of the best banners. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, he would always have Jan do them. Yeah. Um, but the best one was the the remake of the snatch. Right. You know, oh, yeah. he had him in the corner <laughs> and and Steve. You know, that was so good.
0: Yeah, it was good. We talked about that on the
1: podcast. Oh yeah. And in the video, like I um, I
0: put it up so people could see it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I might do it on this one. I, won't. <laughs> I might.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, Jan, she had, she had a style to her banners. All her banners look really – she did Kirk's banner, the really cool one. They mm-hmm. had, like, the cage uh, yeah. on there, a lot of Zach's banners. Chris, actually, our Chris guy, he did the, uh, the banner where uh, Freeman is, like, sitting like this.
2: Yeah, that like was a godfather. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah.
0: That was a good one. Yeah, man, I wonder if Freeman's going to get back in there. It's hard to say. It's hard to
2: say when stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of thought he was almost gone before, and then he came yeah. back. Yeah, he came back. Yeah. It was a big I, opportunity. <laughs>
1: I thought the uh, the fight with what's his name Pico Pico was this like I, I mean, I don't uh, much hype around this guy. I you mean, know. if you want
0: to take momentum, like that's the time to ride with the momentum. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I thought I didn't I didn't think Zach was gonna win that just because it was like surely Bellator knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> I don't think they obviously didn't. <laughs> they obviously it, didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad matchup. Um,
2: so yeah, I don't, yeah, man, but there, there was so much, uh, and still is so much talk and hype around Pico, you know? He's I mean, I was people. like worried. I was like, Oh man, is that going to get his face yeah, that's boxed th- off or what? You yeah. know what I
0: mean? Well, Pico's training with, I mean, a, a lot of high level killers, yeah. right? And he's been fucking smashing
1: fools. I yeah. He just got
0: beat pretty bad though. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, it's
1: like he didn't have any amateur fights, so he doesn't, n- he makes the mistakes that People that don't have enough fights, yeah, make like, yeah. you know, yeah, you get over aggressive, you overextend, right? And, and when you're going against a seasoned guy, yeah, they can
0: well, TJ, Dill- I saw just a brief clip. Uh, TJ Dillashaw was talking about that with, with Rogan. He was saying that Pico, and then like he cut out at the end of the clip, but it was saying like he's like, uh, the live by the sword, die by the sword type of guy, like yeah. he's just fucking trying to take your head off, yeah, and be exciting as possible, right? But like, man. It's not sustainable.
1: But, yeah, I thought that would probably be – Zach could get that awesome payday. Good for him. And then – Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, he's got a successful career and a family and everything like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's why I was wondering if he's if he's going to get back in there. But then
1: now. that, like, lit the spark under him. He's was like, you yeah. know, let's go. He was
0: rolling jiu-jitsu yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, he was he's in He's got there. some nasty – Dude, his jits is so good. Freeman is a gamer, man. I can't wait yeah. to get him on the podcast. Um, but he is just such a gamer. He goes in there and just performs.
2: I love guys like that. And I, I always uh, thought uh, you know Stump was one of those guys that you know when the house lights come on and the crowds, yeah, the crowd, you know, yeah, they turn up. Yeah, you know? it's game time. And yeah,
1: he's an awesome to roll with too because he is so gentle to people that are way below his skill level.
0: Freeman or Stump. Freeman. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like I never felt like I was getting ready to get my arm ripped off like I do sometimes with certain yeah. people, you know. Yeah,
0: that's so important. I always pride myself to be one of the safest guys in the gym to roll with because yeah. some people just are not safe.
1: Yeah, you're a tough matchup for us short people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I
0: try to make it difficult for most people. I was in Chicago last weekend, and do um, you guys know Jake Bright? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 So um, I stayed with him and his wife Brooke, and then uh, on Saturday morning we went to his his new school and we rolled jujitsu. So the owners of the school, one, um, it's a husband and wife, and the husband he's the head ref for IBJJF. Oh, wow. Yeah, for the whole organization. And um, I got in trouble twice while we were in there rolling. So we were doing like a like a guard pass drill, right? So you have to pass the guard and then you like restart. And um, I was going for a knee slice. And then I, he stopped it, so then I came back around the other way to to almost like a smash pass kind of. You kind mm. of do a big back step, but um, you can also catch a knee bar there. Mm. So, like, I'm stepping over, and, like, I touch the knee bar. And I'm not going to go for it because, I mean, we're not supposed to. And uh, he yells at me immediately. Like, he's fucking on it. He's <laughs> like, no, Adam, we don't touch that because like, we're both we're – both Purple belts and like he's like, oh, you can't do that. You can't yeah. do that at the brown belt uh-huh. level. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And then the next time I'm going with the blue belt and we're stuck in this 50 50 position. So I have this lock on his leg and I couldn't get a straight ankle, but like I t- I did well. I didn't lock it up, but I did touch <laughs> a heel hook and he yelled at me immediately. Man, like didn't give me any. on you. No flak. In all fairness, I totally get it right because safety first. He doesn't know me. How many people walking yeah. off the gym? I mean, walking off the street into a gym and hurt somebody or, right. you know, ego gets in the way and, you know what I mean? Usually
1: by purple belt, though, you've kind of had some yeah. uh, some instruction being into you, at, I mean.
0: Yeah. He was like, uh, well, I think it was less about, some about me, right? But it was also that he is a blue belt and that's not a part of his game. So right. don't do it to him, right? And, oh. and the same thing with the other guy, like brown belt and up can do knee bars, so don't do a knee bar. He's so strict about IBJJF, and then he said something to the effect to the effect of um, uh, he mentioned like that that's not the level, so don't do it. And then um, like nobody's in here, like nobody in here is a professional athlete, so there's no need to do that. And he didn't say that because he knew like I fought professionally. He was just saying like there's right. no reason to do it. So I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> I mean, I fought for like five or six years professionally, so it's just habit, man. Right. And like again, he didn't know that. I'm like a safe
1: person. Well, him being an IBJJF ref, does um, do all the Brazilians in the class get the f- first round bye? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: maybe <laughs> there's only one Brazilian. This kid's name, uh, I think, Vic, Vic or Vinny. I'm fucking it up. I wish I, but he's a uh, he's young, like, 21 year old dude, straight from Brazil. Oh wow, savage purple belt. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> Speaking of that. Yeah, that's fucked up how they do that. <laughs> <sighs> Man, worlds. I always like to
1: see the draw at worlds, you know. and
0: Yeah. And it's... I just wish they would just run it just a little bit more consistently. So, this,
1: yeah, this past year I had five minutes
0: in between my first and second round. The guy I went with second round had to buy the first round. And what made me mad was or what frustrated me in the moment was uh, we have a teammate from uh, Team Vagi, Wisconsin. And he was in the same bracket as me, but on the other side. And he had a of the first round. Now, granted, I mean, he did have a buy the first round, so he could still been waiting for that. But I, I just got done with mine, and he's still, like, back there, kind of just, like, chilling and waiting. So I'm just like, man, surely I have 10, 15 minutes. Right. At least 15, maybe 30 if I'm lucky. I had five. This wasn't. And then the night before, um, one of uh, Heath Pedigo's guys, uh, Rondo Moss. I think it's Moss's last name. Rondo. He won Worlds at Blue Belt. And uh, he had probably two hours between one of his matches. So it's, it's just like so inconsistent yeah. how they're running that. I had 80 people in my bracket. You're going to tell me there's not some other fucking matches that you can do until I, you know what I mean? Well,
1: wow. yeah, well I mean, it happens at all levels. We, yeah. Uh, one of the guys that I trained with at St. Charles, Jim, did, he did the Fuji last year. Yeah. He shows up at 8 a.m. That's when he hit the mat. <laughs> 8.05.
0: 3
1: p.m. <laughs> he <laughs> sat around in his key have have left. Eight oh, a.m. Yeah. to three p.m. <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, does IBJJF have a new thing where you have to be a member now? You have to. So you have to have membership, and I think it
0: used to be you had to be uh, like a, only browns and blacks had to pay for membership, and then I think like a year or two ago they expanded that to uh, to purple belts. So I wasn't very happy when I had to pay for that last uh-huh. year, yeah. and then now I think it's everybody. Every belt has to. I'm kind of conflicted about that. Especially because I personally am kind of – one, I'm not actually – I'm kind of actually – I think I'm gravitating like out of competition entirely. But if I do compete, I like the submission only better. Like the EBI ruling, I mean, I don't know, 10 minutes, 8-minute matches. But the whole advantages and the points and just – I just don't like it. Well,
1: the goal is to get high enough where you get invited to the events, right? Where you don't have to get invites. Yeah, Yeah, well,
0: invites are cool. I guess
1: also sponsors would help pay for t- your entrance fee to events and stuff like that. Because yeah, you could some do of that. those events are like what? What's IBJJF for? Like Chicago? Um, they're actually pretty reasonable. I think
0: what gets exp. I mean, I think for worlds, I think I spent like 125 bucks or 120 dollars. That's for two events. No, just the one. Oh. Just the one. Yeah, I don't know how much it is for one division at, like, IBJJF Chicago. I think it's usually, like, $110 or something like
2: but that. That's
1: one losing and you're out, right? One loss and you're out? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could be wrong what on What about some of those though.
2: submission only? Are those only invites only, or can are those?
0: Most of those are um, – I think it just depends on the circuit. So, like, EBI – I'm pretty sure that's all invite only, right? right? But then there's um, there's a submission like a submission challenge or mm-hmm. some submi- I don't know like circuit, and then you mm-hmm. just sign up for that. Okay. So you're seeing more and more circuits like Naga and different things. Fuji, yeah, yeah Fuji, and some of them are just submission only based. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not super versed on the jiu-jitsu competition scene. Last year was my first year ever competing in jiu-jitsu. Really? Like on like an actual tournament. I never wanted to spend the money. I was so right. busy doing MMA and whatnot. And then locally, especially whenever I started, Naga was the big show in town. Yeah, yeah. get your katana. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go get a <laughs> cool ass sword, and then. Uh, but you you most likely would end up going against somebody from the gym. So it's like, yeah. why am I going to pay for this money for that? But these
1: tournaments still kind of got that kind of traditional martial arts stink on it too a little bit you know what like do you mean? like traditional martial arts from like the 80s you know has a little bit of a carnival carny kind of a shyster mm. you know there's just a little bit of uh you know it's more about moving product and selling you know yeah. getting memberships and stuff like that you know and everybody
2: getting a medal and yeah yeah and, Kind of and by walking away happy with a little T-shirt? a factory system. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think like, especially Naga. I mean, some of those are like
0: – I was not impressed with the last Naga. I'll actually never take my son to another Naga ever again. Yeah. I thought the rest were actually not that good, and um, I thought most of the staff was really rude. Um, like, even you just walk in, and, like, my fucking son's weighing in and my daughter's weighing in, and, like, they act like you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like, you're trying – uh you registered them for like this weight class, and now they're stepping on the scale and maybe they're like two or three pounds difference or something right. they're looking at you all funny or something like you're trying to get over on them or something i just I can just vividly remember walking yeah. through the door and not getting good vibes and I, I'm big on like the yeah. that but they've probably people.
1: seen it all though people trying to like
0: that's cool, but you don't have to be a dick. Yeah, you can yeah. be
1: friendly <laughs> yeah but it would- co- it would make you get a little jaded though when you're i mean they're in every city yeah and they've got parents that are trying to yeah
0: you know it could but i mean if you're gonna run if you're gonna be in the business yeah then and
2: especially dealing with a lot of kids yeah and parents and yeah so i
0: mean at least put a fucking smile right. on your face when people are registering sure. or something <laughs> i mean i don't know i've i've dealt with other um uh other circuits and they weren't nearly as bad as that one i just didn't like that one mm-hmm. i didn't like that one
2: have you done fuji
0: yeah fuji's great i love fuji I really do. I um I went to Columbia, Missouri and both AJ and I, uh my son
2: we got to both compete on that tournament. Oh, it's so cool.
0: it super cool, yeah. Um I I don't know how many opportunities yeah. you get to compete with your kids.
2: Me and my daughter did that several years ago.
0: Yeah. Are you guys gonna do this upcoming Fuji? No. 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 I'm fucking
1: I dumb. don't get to train <laughs> enough, you know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Where you guys been? I'm training but I just i d I'm just kinda that whole, you know, ninety dollars and maybe get two matches and Maybe, you know, I'm also a coward, so. And, well, also, yeah. if you're going to get hurt. It's only like $75, it, though, for one
0: division. Yeah? It was. It's it's closed now. It's too late. You're
1: more likely to get hurt at a tournament than, you know, than, you know, tra- train the same people you know that are safe. And, yeah. And I do it just because it's fun. and Yeah.
0: Not, it's not about the competition for yeah. everybody. It's really not. That's that's almost a drawback to our school is that competition's weighed pretty heavily. Yeah, It's... Especially like for
2: any kind of uh, advancement.
0: Yeah, and that's what really gets me. I mean, I, I kind of get it, right? And I kind of get where it came from. I get it.
1: Well, I I don't think it's as bad as Rodrigo's, though, because my friend Chris actually left Rodrigo's recently because he just always really getting pushed to compete, and and he's yeah. got four daughters, and he's got like yeah. full time career, and his wife works full time, and it's just like yeah.
0: I, Mike's know. pretty good about not pushing people to compete. Yeah, I've never no. felt like no. yeah. twisting my arm. Yeah, but it's almost kind of like understood. Like if you want to advance faster, mm-hmm. then you have to compete. But it's like, well,
1: how much faster is faster? Like, does that mean the slow is going to be that much fucking slower? It's always <laughs> been a marathon for me. I've always <laughs> been like, I'm just going to keep doing it, and yeah. I'm going to try to be more consistent and try to be safer so yeah. that I can keep doing it. Yeah. And not miss any. Yeah. And just go That's for what them. it's about too.
0: Yeah. They say train without expectations and I get that to a degree, but to say that you don't want that next belt or you don't want that next promotion, you're just
1: fucking lying. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's why you get so happy uh-huh. when you get it. Yeah. You get you get happy, but then when you're that four stripe white belt and you get that call <laughs> that, that blue, Hey, you're you're up. <laughs> <laughs> the next test is uh in March. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Or you can go to a school that doesn't do tests. Yeah. Those are lame though.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like the more you train, the more you concern. You get concerned about that, you know, next stripe or that next, you know. Yeah, yeah. I tried. to. And then to, like I, I took I, I took like a pretty big break over the holidays, and uh, then kind of getting back into it is like okay, those expectations I kind of you know because I've been training hard, you know. Like man, what's going? to You right. know, and then you kind of take a break, and then you come back, and it's like I'm not even thinking about a stripe or right. You know, I'm just glad to be back and Yeah, just to be moving at, yeah, around yeah. everybody. And yeah. I, I work you, know, you take three or four weeks off and it kinda changes the whole
0: three or four weeks feels like an eternity. It
2: does. It's like I've been gone for a year.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> How do I You guys I do miss this? me? How know? do I do this thing?
1: Yeah. I work with a girl from Gracie Baja. Yeah. And she's like, Yeah, I've been going for like Three months, get my third stripe. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, how many, you know, you've been doing it for like four years. How long? How many stripes you got? <laughs> um, got I got one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude. It's so dude. I've been. I was a blue
0: belt for four years. This will be my fourth year on my purple belt. In all fairness, the first year I was completely injured, right? Right. But
1: I mean, I've been hot and heavy for the past two years. Yeah, but um, you were more in MMA training than
2: like right. pure. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You you, kinda, you weren't you're putting you're on the gear too much, uh, the gear too much during your. Fighting heydays, especially like 2015, when you were like really fighting a lot.
0: No, I mean I would try to get in a gi class like once a week if I could. It's just it's so hard, I, especially with the the schedule at the gym. So it's like mm-hmm. you know 4:30 on like a Wednesday, say right? 4:30 like MMA class, and then I gotta go straight into jujitsu afterwards. Right. And oftentimes I would do that, especially in the beginning when you start training. Because you're so empty, you just want to be there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, dude, after you, I, I just fucking woke up at, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I already ran. And mm-hmm, now I mm-hmm. just did MMA. I don't want to fucking stay and, ju- and do... Uh, gi-jiu-jitsu. Yeah, gi-jiu-jitsu. Like, I don't want to do that right now. Especially because you're
2: thinking so much about your fight, and everything's about the fight. And yeah, and, right. like,
0: how much, like, how much better am I really getting right now? I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can maybe uh, tighten up some techniques, but I'm not mentally there anyway. Right. So is it just a waste of time?
1: Yeah. If you're preparing for a fight, I mean, there's so much of gi jiu jitsu that it's not going to be applicable, right?
0: Dude, the you gi will sweat. make you better with no gi. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Hmm. I don't know why. It just does. But it if you does, never do a, no gi, it though. just gives you a deeper level of understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, for because so, no gi won't make you better for gi, but gi will make you better for no gi, without a doubt. Yeah,
1: without I'm r- I'm only gi and I hate no gi because I just so relied on my grips and yeah. cheats and the lapels and the,
0: yeah, so. yeah. I think uh, like the no gi grips just kind of came from wrestling for me. Right. It's just natural grab wrists and different things, mm-hmm. but it comes in handy.
2: Yeah, it comes in handy. So how does it make? I mean, uh, how how does that translate, or how does that? The gi make the no gi better, but I, not vice versa. Because um, obviously you don't you don't get relying on the on you the. You can't and the in no gi. gi.
1: You
0: can't slow down in no gi, but you get a deeper understanding of jujitsu by using. So in theory, whatever you do in gi should be able to work in no gi, right? right? Um, minus certain grips, but in gi, I don't know what it is, but there's certain controls, and then you just you maybe it's because you can use the gi to slow the game down mm-hmm. and start thinking through jujitsu, jitsu and then that allows you to build your game, and then it becomes easier to transfer over to no gi. And then also with no gi, you can get away with some sloppy shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll see some guys who have never put on a gi and, like, they've only trained Nogi, right, their whole life. And I can think of a few different guys off the top of my head. But they just they – ju- they, they figure out submissions that work. They figure out things that just work. But there's no real basis in jiu-jitsu on that. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this is like halfway jiu-jitsu, and we just figured it out. And it works for MMA, uh-huh. and it works
1: for Nogi, but it's not real good jiu-jitsu. Right. That reminds me, like, my, one of my favorite things – I'm being sarcastic. One of my least favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> hey, Mike's like, hey, Matt, work with this new guy. He's first day on the mat. You know, come here. And right off the bat, blast double. He's got the gnarled ears, you know. Yeah. <laughs> first day on the mat. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've got a mental block when it comes to the to the young wrestler in jujitsu class. Yeah. They're just so hard to deal with, oh man. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, I just want to fuck with this, you know fucking head underneath my chin, you know grind yeah. and grind and grind you know yeah i just cemented I mean i, I re- re- real quick so. i don't <laughs> have that i don't have that in my pocket <laughs> but, i mean i i respect the uh the sport so much you know and i i was uh it was just like this past winter i was uh, flipping around on the channels and i hadn't watched amateur wrestling in a long time and uh i caught uh, ohio state versus penn state and just watching that after being on the jiu-jitsu match for years on end, you know it's like holy cow, this yeah. is, you know, I mean, zero chill these guys have. I mean, everything is. Oh, yeah, go, go, go. All, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. if I'm grabbing your elbow, it's, you know, everything is just Yeah, that's why I take advantage
0: of wrestlers when they start because everything is going forward. It's all pressure, yeah. and it's all pressure forward, which is important because you can put pressure on somebody without putting pressure going forward, and, and they lead with their head. So yeah. you can almost always get a sweep or catch them in a triangle, almost always. Because they're just driving with their head. I used
1: to love doing that when we were at the journals. He w- he would be studying amateur wrestling photos, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Should I come back in another?" this <laughs> is a bad time, <laughs> yeah. you know, like close-ups <laughs> of the like guys in those so wrestling singlets. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Not safe for work. No.
0: <laughs> well, gents, let's wrap this up. We're done. It's uh been a little over an
2: hour. Okay. Yeah,
0: it's been a great conversation. Okay. Yeah, Time yeah. has been flying. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the any floor look? over to you. Okay. Or what are you gonna ask me?
2: Just I thought if you had any, any other last uh, Nothing closing <sighs> concerns. <sighs> Nothing We're used to asking
0: the
1: questions.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. This is my show, guys. <laughs> That's right.
0: No. Yeah. I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. So anything you guys want to plug, promo? Um, it's up to you. Anything. Plug the site. I mean,
2: Knucklejunkies.com. Obviously, uh, on Twitter, you know, at Knucklejunkies, I have my uh, my own Twitter. I do uh, some MMA stuff on there. You know, at Brett Auton. And then of course, you know, we got the pretty big on Facebook and hmm I'll put all this in the in the show notes too. Is Twitter the best way
1: like
0: is for it, me personally that's sure. your better? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep, just Matt,
1: yeah, <laughs> <There's> not, <nothing. laughs> I don't really have anything to plug, okay yeah. all right. If you got any, um, my new rich revolution is to stop doing stuff for free. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm still gonna link your Facebook, and then people you are using all these randoms. Yeah, us.
1: yeah. I'm, I don't add anybody. <laughs> I still haven't added Heath Pedigo and he's still salty about it. Like, he
2: got ticked, Yeah. What? You're consciously doing <laughs> <He's> it now. <sighs> I, yeah. At this point, I can't. You know, he's gone too far. Yeah. It's just like
1: it's just like I don't if I haven't like I don't know. If I haven't been in your guard, or if I, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't talk to you on a daily basis, like, yeah. there's no point. There's no like, point. i, yeah. I was yeah. pretending to be friends yeah. online. <laughs> That's how
0: you build that network. I have friends on social I've never met. Right? <laughs> Isn't that yeah. weird? That's the weirdest shit.
2: Well, it's also probably you know your, some of your podcast guests you've all you've probably met through. Yeah. Social,
0: right? It's it's almost yeah. A lot of my podcasts, not a lot, of, but yeah, for sure. Especially when I go to a new city, right? I just try to connect with somebody. Yeah. And, and uh it's it's cool. It. Uh, Helps grow the network. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, people talk to you that you don't know. I'm like, I'm just used to that. (laughs) (laughs) With MMA, people just come up and randomly talk to you like they know you. Do you guys have that happen to you where people come up?
2: A little bit. A little bit,
0: yeah. Or, you know, like a
2: fighter, like they saw you say, hey, what's up, Brad? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Or, you know, get shout outs sometimes. You know, just like point, you know, fans (laughs) or knuckle juggies, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right, fellas. Awesome man. Thanks for having us. I think uh yeah. I'm really enjoying uh it's cathartic. You know, what, you're, what you're doing here, <laughs> you know, cranking out the uh podcast and I'm I'm keeping an eye on you and trying to follow and uh it's all like about you're reps. Having fun
0: with it. I'm trying, man. I'm having a good time. Yeah, you're yeah. getting better at it. Slowly but surely yeah. just put in the reps.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like when I started with Knuckle Junkies I had no video experience, no journalism experience, like my my only writing, I got a C plus in creative writing in college, and, yeah. and then I basically just followed his lead, and he yeah. he showed me yeah. the ropes. So that's the cool thing, right? You don't
2: need you permission. learn by doing, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and just jump in and do it, you know. Like yeah. like I said before, I'd never interviewed anybody on camera, and here we go kind of thing. Yeah, but, you know, I've seen it, and so. that is
1: really difficult. <laughs> it is really difficult <laughs> to interviewing to, people to think on your feet oh, in yeah. front of a camera. Oh yeah, and pressure comes ask up. questions. Oh yeah. And those guys that do it all the time have just have muscle memory, like you said. They just – they know what questions they had. And you've gotten really good at it. Yeah. Know? So.
0: Especially when fighters don't give you good responses, right? Or they're just – they're not very talkative. You're right. I but mean, but after a win, I imagine they are.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> but look, look, thankfully, you know, a lot of times, most of, most of the guys we're interviewing are, are – uh, they've just won, and they're pretty pumped and ready, oh, to, yeah. Yeah. ready to talk about it, you know? Yeah.
1: Don't yeah. make the mistake of interviewing the person that lost the fight.
2: Never do that. That's the, only time, it the the time the UFC does that. Well, the only time we've done that – uh, The only loser of a fight was Rob Washington after the Rob Washington-Zach Freeman fight. Zach Freeman, that was a hell of a fight. Yeah, we're like, I got to at least get his, you know, get his take on it
0: because it was... I mean, you guys wrote a really nice piece building up to that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. You'll have to do a part part two of
1: this, and we'll just go through some of the classic fights like Freeman and Washington and, you know, uh, Sal Woods and... There's been been a a lot lot of them. (laughs) 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 Sal Woods and everybody. (laughs) Kara Gross, like that first fight was like insane yeah. um you know stump had some great yeah. fights he fought came earlier down in yeah in uh, Stratford, and that was like dude st louis
0: has really good mma people just don't know it
2: was man you know There, like when we first launched you know twenty twenty twelve, 2012 and then you know around 2013 2014 i mean it was there were six guys in the ufc from st louis six guys in the ufc had a you know guys like you and you know, on the come up, and yeah, a lot of and good Hugh guys and you know and Sanchez. You guys were all ones you know, filling in the shoes, and yeah. Now it's just kind of been a. <laughs> well, there yeah. was
1: that first wave of like yeah. Lance and T Wood, and then there was that second wave of like Collier and yeah. Alex. Alex and EJ Brooks, yeah. E. J. That third dish, wave yeah. never yeah. really came. I mean,
0: yeah, it just kind of faded. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if that's kind of uh, in combination with like the the decline in the amateur scene.
1: There, Yeah, it's like, I mean, first of all, you know, MMA training is not easy. That's what I've
2: always kind of chalked it up to is like. Who's going to do it? People, they finally people started They started re- re- realizing how much it took, you know, and how tough it was. And you just because just you were maybe a decent athlete and played some, you know, mid-level college, you can't just segue your way into this, you yeah. know, cage fighting. It's a lot but, of work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and the accessibility where is Whereas
2: we used to probably in 2008, let's say, or nine or ten, if you' were a you know a, a, di- a division one double a even football player, so you know I mean yeah. if you're that kind of athlete, you can maybe come over here and do some success, but it's it changed so quickly, yeah,
1: well, there's not as many gyms out there like bringing buddies in to come' get hit the mats and stuff like that there's not enough, there's not as many promoters out there trying to dig up guys like hey, this guy was a wrestler, let's see if he wants to maybe try to fight once, you know yeah, so there's not a both of those things aren't happening right now, because there's only four five gyms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When there used to be, like, 12. There's an only only two promotions when there used to be 10. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> so so many. It's, yeah. it's just quantity of scale. I mean, there's just –
0: That's true. Yeah, so man. <laughs> we're in interesting times. Yeah. In interesting and, then, times. and
1: like I said, UFC on, on TV every week. Why would yeah, you – Yeah, it's you? a little oversaturated. <laughs> you know, I would yeah.
0: agree. There's just so many shows all the time. I mean, as the UFC's growing, they
2: put shows on all over the world right. constantly. I mean,
0: their roster is huge.
2: Yeah. There's more. There's more players, uh, or more more uh, UFC fighters than our players in the NBA. Really? Yeah, which shouldn't be that. That's interesting. There's yeah. not near that. There's not near enough. Uh, yeah,
0: it used to be, man. Like the UFC was. Oh, you were, you you made it to the UFC. Like right. that's a big. D- I've trained with so many people who fought in the UFC. They
1: they've turned into like a meat grinder. They yeah. bring guys in. It's not that fights fights hard to yeah. to do anymore. Right.
0: Well, it is in the in the but in the grand sense. But you know what I mean, like. UFC fighters are a dime a dozen. Yeah. Is my point.
1: What also will happen is you have this guy in your gym who is just like the guy. He's like the guy. Yeah. And he climbs the ladder. And he and you see him get to the UFC. And you see him just get smoked by just uh, <laughs> yeah average UFC guy. Yeah. And it's just like. You just realize there's levels to this. <laughs> <jungle>. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm never going to get to
0: that level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I always wonder about those people who clearly have to know they'll never make it to that level, but they just keep doing it.
2: Yeah, I guess they they do it for other reasons, you know. Yeah, well, just have to be just like that journey. Man. Have to be,
1: Yeah, you I've know. always thought there's kind of two camps. There's the guy who wrestled, or the guy who's got that competitive edge, who is now I'm starting to work a full-time job. I gotta get that juice. I gotta I gotta keep competing. That was me. And then you've got the other guy who is like, my dad used to kick my ass. I fought. <laughs> this is a way I can still fight yeah. and not get in trouble with the cops. Yeah. And you get those. Those are the kind of the two yeah. camp. You don't really see. I mean,
0: Dean Thomas broke down fighters in a different. He he said there's like four types of fighters. You have like your actual fighter, you who would like the fucking Diaz bro. So they're fucking right. fighters. They just like to yeah. fight. You have like your athlete who's just good at it. And right. Like, Anthony Johnson kind of, I, I, feel, I feel like I kind of fell into that camp. I was just like an athlete and I like right. to compete. You know what I mean? I'm not a fucking fighter. I don't enjoy that shit. And then you have um, your artists who like, they go in there and I mean, they just like to express themselves. So, like, GSP was a mix. Like, he was a fucking artist. John,
1: John Jones to some John Jones, yeah.
0: He's like an artist in right. there. And then, um, I can't think of the other one, but uh, those, yeah. those three suck out for sure. I mean, fighter, athlete, artist. That's a mine right
1: there, Dean Thomas. He's
2: I dude, love that guy. Yeah,
0: man. He just breaks shit down. Yeah. Just so cool. Um, so I him, humble, too. If you, yeah. If
1: you talk, you just walk up to him and start talking fights, and he's just like, met him
0: real briefly in uh, the back of Bellator. Yeah, I didn't, like, talk to him very much. He was in the same locker room that I was warming up in and shit. That was about it. Good vibes, though. Yeah. yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gents. It's late. Awesome. Good times. Everybody, until next time, I'll catch you later.